0: section 24 of a year with the saints translated by a member of the order of mercy this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by maria therese Sixteen, one one of the principal effects of holy abandonment in god is evenness of spirits in the various accidents of this life which is certainly a point of great perfection and very pleasing to god the way to maintain it is an imitation of the pilots to look continually at the pole star that is the divine will in order to be constantly in conformity with it for it is this will which with infinite wisdom rightly distributes prosperity and adversity health and sickness riches and poverty honor and contempt knowledge and ignorance and all that happens in this life on the other hand if we regard creatures without this relation to god we cannot prevent our feelings and disposition from changing according to the variety of accidents which occur St. Francis de Sales. tolerus relates that there was once a great theologian who, for eight years in succession, prayed to God to show him someone who would teach him the way of truth, and that, finally, when he was one day offering this prayer with great fervor, he heard a voice from heaven saying to him, Go to the temple, and there you shall find him. He went and found a poor beggar on the church steps, half clothed with a few rags and covered with sores. Moved with compassion, he saluted him kindly with the words, God give you a good day, my good man. I never had a bad day, said the beggar with a cheerful look. God gives you good fortune, went on the theologian. I have never experienced any misfortune, answered the other. How is this? exclaimed the theologian. You have never had bad days and never experienced misfortunes, loaded as you are with woe and miseries. I will tell you, replied the mendicant. I have cast myself wholly upon the divine will, to which I so conform my own, that whatever God wills, I will also. So when hunger, thirst, cold, heat, or sickness molest me, I do nothing but praise God. And whatever happens to me, whether it be prosperous or adverse, whether it be pleasing or unpleasant, I take all from the hand of God, with great gladness, as that which can but be good. For it comes from a cause which can produce only what is best. But, when on the theologian, If God should choose to send you to hell, what would you do? I would immediately plunge into it, returned the beggar. For, see, I have two arms. One is humility, by which I keep myself always attached to his most sacred humanity. The other is love, which attaches me to his divinity. Now, if he were to cast me into hell, I would cling to him so tightly with these two arms that he would be obliged to come with me and with such companionship it would not grieve me much even to be in hell. Who can you be? wondered the theologian. I am a king, was the answer. And where is your kingdom? In my soul, for I know so well how to rule my faculties, both interior and exterior, that all the powers, inclinations, and affections of my soul are completely subject to me. Tell me, how did you learn such great perfection? By recollection, meditation, and union with God, I was never able to find peace in anything less than God, before I succeeded in finding Him, and since then I enjoy continual peace. And where did you find Him? Where I left affection for all other things. 17. In this holy abandonment springs up that beautiful freedom of spirit which the perfect possess, and in which there is found all the happiness that can be desired in this life for in fearing nothing, and seeking and desiring nothing of the things of the world, they possess all. Saint Teresa One of these beautiful souls was that of Saint Francis de Sales. In whatever happened to him, he always showed as much satisfaction as if all had gone according to his wishes. For example, when a fierce persecution had been raised against him, and the order he had founded, he wrote thus to Saint Jean-Francis de Chantal, i leave all these opposing blasts to the providence of god let them blow or cease as shall please him tempest and calm are equally dear to me if the world did not speak ill of us we should not be the servants of christ the emperor ferdinand ii made this prayer every day o lord if it be indeed for thy glory and my salvation that i retain the position in which i am keep me in it and i will glorify thee if it be to thy praise and my good that i sink to a lower place Abase me, and I will glorify thee. Father Alvarez never thought about what was to happen to him, and if any thought of the kind offered itself, he would say, It will be as God wills. Then, raising his heart to God, he would add, O Lord, I wish for nothing but to please thee and satisfy thee. 18. How beautiful it is to behold a person destitute of all attachment, ready for any act of virtue or charity, gentle to all indifferent as to any employment, serene in consolations and tribulations, and wholly content if only the will of God be done. St. Francis de Sales. Behold how this saint, without intending it, has depicted himself to the life, for he was precisely such a person as is here described, as may be seen from many incidents recorded in this work. 19. When we have totally abandoned ourselves to the pleasure of God, submitting without any reserve our will and affections to his dominion, we shall see our souls so united to his divine majesty, that we shall be able to say with that perfect model of Christians, St. Paul, In myself I no longer live, but Jesus Christ in me. St. Francis de Sales This saint, according to the testimony of one who knew him intimately, in the last years of his life, had reached such the point that he desired, loved, or regarded only God in all things, as a result he seemed always absorbed in god and said that there was nothing in the world which could satisfy him except god he frequently uttered with ecstatic feeling these words of the psalmist lord what is there in heaven for me or what do i desire upon earth save thee thou art my portion and my inheritance for ever all that was not god was nothing for him and this was one of his principal maxims twenty when one seeks to unite himself to god he should endeavour to discover, by self-examination, whether there is anything which forms a barrier between his soul and God, and whether in anything he seeks himself or turns back to himself. Blessed Enrique Susone. St. John Birchman's, after examining himself to see whether he had an attachment to anything whatever, found that there was nothing on earth for which he felt or could feel affection. This he expressed in a sentence found among his manuscripts, Nulli re sum et nihil habeo cum a gentleman of very high family who had passed most of his life at court guiding himself by the maxims of the world was finally gained over for god by st vincent de paul and applied himself so earnestly to the pursuit of perfection that he became a model to all desiring still to advance and feeling sure the more he separated himself from creatures the more he would be united to god He often examined himself as to whether he had any attachment for relatives, friends, honors, property, or comforts, and whenever he discovered anything that was an entanglement to him, he immediately broke or cut it away. One day he made his usual examination, while riding on horseback, and could think of nothing for which he specially cared, until he finally perceived that he had a fondness for his sword, which had saved his life in many duels. Instantly springing from the horse, he went up to a large stone, upon which he shivered it to pieces. Afterwards, he told the incident to St. Vincent, and assured him that this act gave him such complete freedom that he never after felt affection for any perishable thing. 21. The condition of union seems to be nothing else than dying, so to speak, entirely to all the things of the world and living in the enjoyment of God. St. Teresa, This was the blessed state of St. Catherine of Genoa, who confessed that she once had a vision in which it was shown her how all good proceeds from God, without any previous cause except his pure and simple goodness, by which he was moved to do us good in so many ways and forms. "'From that sight,' she said, "'there rose in my heart such an interior flame of love that I lost all understanding, thought, wish, or love for anything except God.' so that my soul neither knows nor can wish for anything more, or other than it is enjoying at present, and is more pleased and satisfied with this than with anything it could obtain by all its efforts and exertions. And if I should ask myself what I desire or aim at, I could only answer, nothing except what love gives me. He keeps me so occupied and satisfied with himself that I have no need to plan or seek for anything to sustain my powers, supported and sustained as they are. 22. The soul which remains attached to anything, even to the least thing, however many its virtues may be, will never arrive at the liberty of the divine union. It matters little whether a bird be fastened by a stout or a slender cord. As long as he does not break it, slender as it may be, it will prevent him from flying freely. Oh, what a pity it is to see some souls, like rich ships, loaded with a precious freight of good works, spiritual exercises, virtues, and favors from God, which, for want of courage, to make an end of some miserable little fancy or affection, to never arrive at the port of divine union, while it only needs one good earnest effort to break asunder that thread of attachment. For, to a soul free from attachment to any creature, the Lord cannot fail to communicate himself fully, as the sun cannot help entering and lighting up an open room when the sky is clear. St. John Chrysostom It is related in the life of St. Gregory that the rich man left the world and retired into a wood, taking with him, to afford him some recreation in that solitude, only a little cat, as he loved it and often caressed it. After living thus for some years in a constant course of prayers and penances, he prayed the Lord to be pleased to show him what reward was prepared for him. Then God revealed to him that he might hope for a place in heaven equal to that which Pope Gregory would receive the good hermit was much grieved at this information and could not understand why one who had left all he had for god and had served him with such austerity should not receive a greater reward than one who was living in the midst of riches and luxury but the lord opened his eyes by showing him that he was more attached to his cat than gregory to all the riches and honors he enjoyed and that perfection consists precisely in detachment from all that is not god the nuns of the visitation make special profession of detachment from everything as they cannot appropriate to themselves the smallest article, not even a needle. To maintain this excellent spirit in its full vigor, and prevent them from becoming attached to any object, their rule requires them to exchange with one another every year the articles of which they make use. Their rooms, books, furniture, everything, even the crosses they wear upon their bosoms. 23. See why we never arrive at sanctification after so many communions, as we make. It is because we do not suffer the Lord to reign in us as he would desire. He enters our breasts and finds our hearts full of desires, affections, and trifling vanities. This is not what he seeks. He would wish to find them quite empty, in order to render himself absolute master and governor of them. St. Francis de Sales The saint himself possessed a heart of this latter kind, his confessor testifies of him that he would permit no affection to remain in it that was not of god and for god and so if he saw anything alien to this springing up he was ready to extirpate it as it were with steel and fire the lord once said to a good soul that the best disposition for receiving abundant graces in holy communion is to empty the heart of everything for if a great noble goes to the house of one of his retainers with the intention of filling all his boxes and chests but finds them full of chaff and earth and sand he is forced to retire with regret this is the reason why holy souls have been so earnest in making good communions the empress leonora who received three times a week spent two hours in previous meditation and wore a girdle of haircloth and chains with sharp points wound several times about her arms after receiving she remained for a quarter of an hour prostrate with her face upon the ground conversing with her divine guest in sweet and tender welcome. Then, to retain the warmth of devotion through the day, she remained in silence and solitude in her room. St. Aloysius Gonzaga gave the whole week to his communion. He offered his actions of the three days preceding it, as a preparation, and so endeavored to do them well, and those of the three following days he intended for Thanksgiving. The Venerable Monsignor de Palafax, after his conversion, and while still a secular, communicated often, that is, once a week. He took up the practice of asking God for one virtue at each communion, and resolving to extirpate some particular fault, occupying in this sometimes days, sometimes whole weeks. He thus endeavored, by the aid of divine grace, to conquer his evil inclinations, and to change his long-established habits, with a success that could be noticed from day to day. St. John Bertmans was unwilling to receive communion on holidays, because, as he said, He could not preserve the necessary quiet and devotion on such days, and if he was to communicate, he asked permission to remain in the house. He said, on one occasion, that each time he received Holy Communion, he felt his soul perceptibly revived and invigorated. 24. To arrive at perfect union, there is needed a total and perfect mortification of the senses and desires. The shortest and most effectual method of obtaining it is this. As to the senses, whatever pleasing object may offer itself to them, unconnected with pure love to God, we should refuse it to them instantly. For the love of Jesus Christ, who in this life neither had nor desired to have any pleasure except to do the will of his Father, which he called his food. If, for example, there should arise a fancy or wish to hear or see things which do not concern the service of God, or lead especially to him, we should deny this fancy and refrain from beholding or hearing these things. But if this is not possible it is sufficient not to consent with the will then as to the desires we should endeavour to incline always to what is poorest worst most laborious most difficult most unpleasant and to desire nothing except to suffer and be despised saint john of the cross such in truth was the life of this saint which he passed in the continual exercise of interior and exterior mortification of which he never seemed to have enough and in this way he attained a great union with God. St. Francis Borgia often prayed the Lord to make all the pleasures of this life painful to him, and he strove to render them so himself, as far as he was able, and so he desired with avidity, sought with solicitude, and embraced with gladness, all that was contrary to self-love in food, clothing, and habitation. By this means he made great progress in virtue and holy union. 25. If you desire to arrive at union with God, let your conversation and manner of life be as interior as possible. Do not reveal yourself or come forth from yourself, either by words, gestures, or manners, but strive to keep yourself within yourself, turning to God alone, who is present within you, and excluding from your heart all that you shall see or hear. Blessed Enrico Sosone. Father Alvarez, being asked the reason why he had seemed unusually thoughtful for some days, answered, I am trying to live as if i were in the deserts of africa and to keep my heart as much at a distance from all creatures as if i really were in the desert and in this he succeeded saint rose of made unusual efforts to conceal not only the good works and penances that she performed but even the spiritual gifts which she received from the lord never revealing them without necessity even to her directors a person of high rank once had a great desire to know the special favors the saint enjoyed and pressed her spiritual father to elicit an account of them from her. Though he foresaw that it would be very difficult, yet he was so desirous to grant the favor, that he tried to accomplish it under various pretexts, and with much persuasion. The pious maiden soon perceived the object of these artifices, and, in the humblest words, entreated him not to question her about the matter. She said that from her earliest years she had most frequently supplicated her spouse, that no one might ever discover what he had wrought in her out of his pure goodness, and as the good God had granted this, his minister should not take away a favor which he had bestowed. St. Thomas Aquinas, from his earliest youth, was constantly seeking to know God. When he had become religious, his sole gratification was to think, to speak, and to hear of God, so that, if anything was introduced in general conversation which was not connected with God, he paid no attention to it, as a matter which did not concern him. He so directed to God and his good pleasure all his works and actions, that when the Lord himself asked him what reward he would desire for the many works he had written for him, no other, he replied, but thyself alone, my Lord and my love. 26. Be immovable in this resolution, to remain simply in the presence of God, by means of an entire renunciation and abandonment of yourself into the arms of his most holy will, Every time that you find your spirit outside this dear abode, lead it back gently, without making any formal acts of the understanding or will. For this love of simple confidence, and this reliance and repose of the soul upon the paternal bosom of the divine goodness, includes all that can be desired to please God. Saint Francis de Sales This was the favorite exercise of Saint Jane Francis de Chantal, which she practiced by means of a simple glance towards God. A simple acquiescence in his most holy will, by resting simply in it, as a little child in the arms, and upon the bosom of its mother, without seeking to do anything else, or trying to examine what the Lord was working in her, or why he was doing it. In this she found her most complete repose, as she confessed in an account that she gave of herself to her director. "'I feel my soul,' she said to him, much inclined to sustain itself by a simple glance raised to God and his divine goodness." though i no longer feel that total abandonment and sweet confidence which i once felt and though i cannot even make an act of it yet it seems to me that by this glance alone these virtues become more firm and solid than ever and if i were to follow my interior impulse i should practice nothing else to check any disposition to redundancy of words she wrote upon a card a long prayer including many petitions praises and thanksgivings for her friends and relatives and all for whom she was under obligation to pray whether living or dead she hung this card around her neck and wore it night and day having previously stipulated with our lord that whenever she pressed it to her bosom she should be considered as offering all the prayers it contained among the many practices of devotion which the venerable sister maria crucifixa employed in thanksgiving after communion one was to place jesus in the blessed sacrament at rest in her soul as if he were sleeping there while she stood at his side, watching him in humble silence, and obliging all her faculties, both interior and exterior, to refrain from all exercise which was not directed to him, and from every act except such as showed reverence for him, that by an ill-timed activity they might not awake her beloved. Thus she kept all her powers long abased in silent reverence, occupied only with Jesus lying in her heart. She confessed that she had derived greater profit from this exercise than from any other. She took care, however, in her previous preparation to furnish the place well for him with devout affections and various acts that he might rest with less discomfort twenty seven. When I see some persons very anxious about being attentive in prayer and keeping their heads bowed while occupied in it, as if they did not dare to stir in the least or to move even in thought, that the joy and sensible devotion they have may not leave them even in the slightest degree. This shows me how little they understand the road which leads to union, while they imagine that the whole affair consists in keeping their thoughts fixed. No, no, the Lord desires works. Therefore, when things present themselves to be done, to which obedience or charity obliges you, do not at all regard losing that devotion and enjoyment of God, that you may give him pleasure by doing these things, for they will lead you more quickly than the others to holy union. ST. TERESA the blessed clara de montefalco willingly employed herself in the work of the convent and said that in it the gift of prayer even comes to its perfection when saint mary magdalene de pozzi was a novice she sometimes had permission from the mistress to spend in prayer the time which was allotted to her companions for work but she did not accept this favour saying that she was more willing to be occupied in any exercise of obedience however laborious and humble than in the very loftiest contemplation when asked the reason she replied because in performing the duties of the order and of obedience i am sure of doing the will of god of which i am not sure when i engage in prayer or other exercises no matter how good and holy which have been chosen by my own will she had the same feeling in regard to charity to her neighbour and preferred it to contemplation dear as that was to her For, to aid her neighbor in spiritual or temporal employments, she was ever ready to leave prayer, contemplation, and every other spiritual delight. 28. Self-will, as God says by the prophet, is what spoils and corrupts our devotions, labors, and penances. Therefore, not to lose time and trouble, we must endeavor never to act from the impulse of nature, interest, inclination, temper, or caprice, but always from the pure and single motive of doing the will of God, and accustom ourselves to this in all things. This is the most effectual, nay, rather the only means of arriving safely and quickly at union with God. Saint Vincent de Paul It was the great and only anxiety of this saint not to undertake anything to which he might not seem impelled by the divine will, and so he made it a rule never to engage by himself in new enterprises, even for the glory of God, which he had so much at heart. But always waited until the will of the lord should be manifested to him by superiors or at least by the opinion of others or the prayers which he made or asked for his humility made him always distrust his own light and fear to be deceived this most important truth was well understood by saint catherine of genoa who spoke thus on the subject there is no pest more malignant than that of self-will which is so subtle so malicious so deeply seated which conceals itself in so many ways And defends itself by so many reasons that it seems indeed a demon when it cannot gain direct obedience it knows well how to win its way in some other form and under various excuses and pretexts such as health necessity charity justice perfection suffering for god giving good example finding spiritual consolation condescending to the weakness of others while we are all the while seeking contriving and cherishing our own interests i behold it in a sea of malice so indefinite so opposed to god that he alone can rescue us from it and since he sees this better than we he has great compassion on us and never ceases to send us inspirations contradictions and helps of all sorts to deliver us twenty nine to attain union with god all the adversities that he sends us are necessary for his only aim is to consume all our evil inclinations from within and from without, therefore, slights, injuries, insults, infirmities, poverty, abandonment by friends and relatives, humiliations, temptations of the devil, and many other things opposed to our human nature all are extremely needed by us that we may fight until by means of victories we have extirpated all our evil inclinations, so that we may feel them no longer, nay more until all adversities no longer seem bitter to us, but rather sweet for God, we shall never arrive at the divine union. Saint Catherine of Genoa That such is the truth in this matter, added the saint, I have proved by my own experience, for divine love sees that we hold so tenaciously to what we have chosen, because it seems to us good and right and beautiful, and that we will not listen to a word against it, as we are blinded by self-love, and so it makes a ruin of all that we love. By means of death illness poverty hatred discord and detractions together with scandals lies and disgrace falling upon our relatives our friends or ourselves so that we do not know what to do with ourselves as we are thus drawn away from everything we had cared for and receive from all only pain and confusion and know not why the lord permits these events which seem quite contrary to reason both as regards god and the world Therefore, we torment ourselves, and strive and seek and hope to escape from so many ills, but can find no outlet. When divine love has held the soul for a time in this suspense, and in despair and disgust with all she had hitherto loved, then he reveals himself to her with a countenance full of beauty and splendor, and as soon as the soul, stripped and destitute of every other help, beholds him, she casts herself into his arms, and, after considering the divine operations of pure love, she says to herself, o blind one with what wast thou occupied what didst thou seek what didst thou desire seest thou not that here is all thou seekest and desirest and all the delights thou wouldst possess dost thou not find here more than thou couldst ever desire o divine love with what sweet art thou hast drawn me to put aside all love of self and to clothe myself with a love pure and full of all true joys now that i see the truth i no longer complain except of my ignorance and blindness and now i leave to thee all care of myself seeing clearly that that thou doest for me far better than i have the skill or power to do for myself i no longer wish to regard anything but thy operations which only aim at what the soul truly wishes and desires though from her blindness she knows not how to gain it st elizabeth daughter of the king of hungary after being left a widow, was expelled from her home, abandoned by all, and tried by detraction, affronts, and contempt. She endured all with much patience, or rather she was most happy to be able to bear such sufferings for the love of God. who he rewarded her abundantly with the most precious gifts. 30. To acquire perfection in general, and all the virtues in particular, even to attending union with God. It is necessary to set before ourselves an example, which may serve as a guide for all our actions and all our progress. Now, it is certain that we can find no safer or grander example than that which God himself has offered us in the person of his divine Son, and happy is he who shall make the best copy of it. This, then, should be our book and our mirror, in which we ought to look, whatever circumstances may occur. That is, we should consider in what manner our Lord behaved in similar cases and what instruction he has left us in regard to them, and then follow generously his sentiments and example. Saint Vincent de Paul It was the constant practice of this saint to guide himself thus in all affairs, by the example and teaching of the Saviour, which he kept before his eyes, as a pattern in every action, so that, when he had to make any decision, to give any advice or recommendation, he instantly sought in the life and words of christ some ground upon which to base it and so he scarcely ever spoke without bringing in some word or action of the son of god which he would introduce in a wonderfully opposite manner but if he could think of nothing which had any bearing upon the point he would meditate a little before acting and say to himself how would christ speak or act in this case and then immediately did what he thought the lord would have done in the chronicles of saint francis we are told that one of his religious had a vision in which he saw a path thickly set with briars and that the opening of it stood saint francis with many of his followers in their midst was jesus christ who said to them this is the way we must go and he immediately began to advance into it the religious were alarmed and considered the undertaking too difficult but the saint encouraged them saying that it should be enough for them to walk in the footprints of the lord he then set the example, and they all followed with much ease. 31. Oh, what remorse we shall feel at the end of our lives, when we look back upon the great number of instructions and examples afforded by God and the saints for our perfection, and so carelessly received by us. If this end were to come to you today, how would you be pleased with the life you have led this year? St. Francis de Sales st vincent de paul used often to say o wretched me what an account i shall have to render at the tribunal of god where i am so soon to appear of the many graces his divine goodness has bestowed upon me if i have derived no fruit from them st john birchman was so attentive to his own perfection that whatever he learned in regard to it remained impressed upon his mind and he put it into practice with the greatest exactness Thomas A. Kempis tells of a pious person who one day fell into great anxiety in regard to his final perseverance. Prostrating himself before an altar, he raised his eyes and exclaimed, "'Oh, if I only knew that I was to persevere in good to the end!' He instantly heard an interior voice that replied, "'Well, if you knew, what would you do? Do now what you would wish to have done in that hour, and you will be in perfect security.' Consoled by this, he abandoned himself entirely into the hands of God, without further inquiry as to the good or bad state of his conscience, and rather endeavored to discover and fulfill the will of God to the best of his ability. In the lives of the fathers, we read of an old monk, who, when asked what exercise should be employed to obtain perfection, made this answer, From the day I left the world, I have said to myself every morning, Today thou art born again. Begin now to serve God, and to live in this holy place. Commence thy life each day, as if the following one were to end it. This I have done without missing a day. Monsignor de Palafax, as we read in his life, at the very beginning of his conversion, had a light from on high, by which he understood that he ought to live day by day, that is, to take all possible care to live as if he believed each day that he was then to die, and render his account to God. He acted in this manner through the whole remainder of his life, and he confessed that a method so sure to give him satisfaction at the hour of death had also been of great value during his life. It is thus we should profit in our lives by the lights that God gives us, if we desire in death to rejoice at having received them. The End End of Section 24 End of A Year with the Saints Translated by a Member of the Order of Mercy